and welcome to The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. My name is Madeline Zaret, Associate Editor at Connectivity Business News, and today we're speaking with Honor Blonde Chakraborty, Chief Growth Officer and Head of Evoke at Comtech Telecommunications. Honor Blonde is here to discuss Comtech's Evoke Initiative, Convergent Communications Infrastructures, and lastly, the importance of collaboration in the connectivity industry. Honorbon, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be here, Marilyn. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to get started talking a little bit about Evoke. What prompted Comtech to launch this initiative last year? I think Comtech has traditionally been a technology company, but then um, if you if you kind of look at uh, the pace of innovation over the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years and plug it on a graph, you would see that the rate of innovation mimics that of an exponential curve. Or in other words, the speed at which innovation is happening is increasing every few years. So while we, while we focus on our existing customers, our customers' customers, their products, their solutions, we also don't want to you know, take our eyes off from what we see as, as the vision or the growth or the chart of technology curve in the next five to 10 years. And hence the inception of Evoke, which focuses on bringing the partnership ecosystem of startups, bringing the partnership ecosystem of academias, bringing the partnership ecosystem of similar peers and trying to create a speed at, or, or an ecosystem where the speed of technology is at least equal to the rate of innovation of the whole industry in general. Thank you. And, and how has Evoke evolved um, over the last year since the initiative was first a concept? I think, I think the, uh, the progress thus far has been quite remarkable. Um, what we did is we said, hey, we are playing in terrestrial and wireless. We are playing in satellite and space. So what's in the future? And we abruptly picked up year 2030. And we said, what is the world going to look like in year 2030? So there were a few things that came out on the surface of that question. One was, hey, there is going to be ubiquitous connectivity or in or what we call as you know the handshake of satellite and non, non satellite and terrestrial networks we saw the advent of iot advent of iot also meant you know proliferation of data uh, and hence the need for data science the also it also it also it meant that you know there is going to be a distributed architecture of iot devices in geographically dispersed area. So there was a need for distributed ledgering. Um, and last but not the least, you know, this whole adoption of cloud. So we worked backwards on it from the perspective of Evoke, um, figured out the aspects of build versus partner. We have identified four partners thus far and um, have embarked upon quite a number of minimum viable products and use cases um, just in the last eight to nine months. So I would say the, the progress has been remarkable. Thank you. In, in fact, 
um, Compact recently announced its fourth confirmed Evoke partner, if that's correct, um, Arna Networks, and they, they're they helping um, to develop cloud solutions with Compact. Is that correct? That, that's absolutely right. So Arna Networks is our uh, fourth partner in Evoke, and um, they have done some exemplary work in terms of developing edge orchestration uh, or what the industry likes to call as a zero-touch or one-touch orchestration uh, solutions uh, for telecommunication service providers. Um, and, and it's pretty groundbreaking because this is probably the first ever open-sourced uh, service management orchestration solution that the industry is going to get through this partnership. interesting uh, kind of on that topic um, is there a process when choosing evoke partners kind of like a talent acquisition but with the companies like how does Comtech identify who might be a good evoke partner and how does Comtech approach these companies in life certainly I mean uh, like I like I mentioned to you uh, Madeline what we did was we, we created the vision of what we internally call is Vision 2030 as to what the world of technology is going to look like uh, by the time we arrive in year 2030, which is still, say, about six and a half years away from today. And we worked our way backwards from there and said that if we were to realize that vision wherein we provide uh, better connectivity, a network that is designed not just for connectivity but for better outcomes, um, what should we be doing starting from today? And, and that kind of gave us uh, the sort of a blueprint to, to develop products or solutions or offerings for our customer ecosystem. And from there, we started to create plans of what does it make sense for us to build internally or let's say, develop, uh, you know, focus on our own research and development and, and, and what made sense for us to partner. Um, clearly, uh, you know, in today's day and age, um, you know, standing up and saying that, hey, uh, we will develop everything in-house is not a very wise strategy and we understand and acknowledge that. So there are certain sections of our overall portfolio that we believe that we must partner. There is no point in uh, inventing or even reinventing the wheel. Uh, we would rather partner with some folks and that's the kind of, I would say, a very high-level uh, uh, blueprint that advises us the areas where we want to partner first. So if we first define the areas or the technical gaps that we don't want to build and partner, and then we go about looking for the right company that is uh, developing those uh, solutions. Thank you. And kind of on that topic, I, I saw on LinkedIn that in 2017, you actually wrote a piece on building a trusted supply chain. Um, what is Comtech's approach to building a reliable supply chain, and how does the new Evoke initiative relate to this? Um, I see that your your background, you have experience in balancing sales with operational efficiencies. Um, how would you say the collaboration through Evoke is helping to maintain that balance? Um, sure. So, so um, the answer might have a few parts. Let me address um, address that. Um, uh, the question around that white paper that you mentioned. Um, 
we we from an evo perspective or even from a comtech perspective we are we are we have been following the the evolution of distributed ledger technologies or what the what the whole ecosystem knows as blockchain today um blockchain does have very high level of merits you know i think from the aspect of provenance i let me start there provenance uh, that's one very big advantage but we have seen in the last 4 5 years that blockchain has been able to you know come in and and support the supply chain ecosystem and it is not just supplying it but it is actually uh, introducing uh, trust in a democratic way that's what blockchain does and the result of that in a typical supply chain is automation we have heard about automation but when you typically hear about automation uh, automation usually happens at the periphery of an organization's business process but with blockchain one can push the automation infrastructure into the very core and heart of the organization's infrastructure and that's exactly what the world has noticed in terms of using uh technologies such as blockchain uh, uh into the supply chain mechanism so so we are we are very very pro- big proponent of that we are currently in partnership uh with with uh, with one of the companies named wishnish within hipo to define such use cases using blockchain as a technology um to create provenance in the in the uh uh, uh verticals such as agriculture such as manufacturing and real estate um now let's let's jump to the second question which you mentioned you know uh, in terms of balancing sets so uh, as we are as we are moving towards into this new technology domains the buying pattern or the way our customers will react or act is also going to evolve it is the technology by itself uh changes the products changes the solution but it also changes the way uh, the consumption happens for example so far if you look at the way technology has been consumed or the network has been consumed individual consumers such as you or me uh, we have consumed services from a consumption model that okay i need you know this amount of data or these many minutes of talk time etc etc but that model itself is on an evolutionary path today people are going to consume a network based on the intent the network is solving is it giving me the kind of slas that i i really deserve so uh, in in a nutshell the sales process at the end of the day when we are trying to go and sell something to our customer for their customers benefit that is also going to evolve as we go along hope that answers thank you um the key areas of focus with evoke are 5G networks, cloud technologies, internet of things and the convergence of different communication infrastructures. And you kind of mentioned how these needs and these solutions are going to kind of evolve over time. Could you elaborate where you see each of these connectivity facets trending in the next several years and how each of Comtech's evoke partnerships ties in? sure sure uh, i think i think uh, we are we are um, you know from a connectivity standpoint I, and i i don't think so each of these are mutually exclusive to each other um these things tie down together 
to provide an outcome that is very customized for a specific consumer or a customer. Um, the evolution of cloud, for example, it happened in the in the terrestrial and wireless first, and slowly it is it is getting adopted in the space and satellite segment as we speak today. But why really this happened? For two two reasons. Reason number one is we know that there is going to be a proliferation of IoT devices in the world. ABI research, for example, in one of their reports, they said that by the year we hit 2027, there is going to be over 50 billion IoT devices connected worldwide. Now, that's that's probably like six times the total number of human population on Earth. Now, if so much of connectivity needs to happen, that puts pressure on the network infrastructure. That puts pressure on the service provider to invest money. Or in other words, it's a CapEx problem. It's not just a CapEx problem if you look at it, it's an also an OpEx problem. So here comes the advent of cloud technologies and adoption of cloud native solutions to do two things. One, reduction in CapEx and also the ability to accurately forecast OpEx. So you see how IoT proliferation is demanding the hyper-connectivity in such a fashion that the networks now have to adopt. And this is interesting. We are, we are saying that networks have to adopt, or in other words, we are saying that one network doesn't fit all. So far we have seen it is the same type of network for every type of consumer whether it's an individual consumer wanting broadband or it's a thousands of IoT devices or a remote surgery that is happening that requires real-time, uh, you know, low latency kind of communication. It was the same network before. But the way we are progressing with this advent of IoT is we will have networks that will be catered in a different way. So, and at, at, at the end of all of this, there is going to be a whole lot of data. This data is important because this data will help the consumers to A, understand how their business is working, but also methods of improvement. If we soak up data for three months, six months, 12 months period, it will help us to understand what the network should function as. Or in other words, we will talk about data science, data processing, predictive analytics, so and so forth. So thus, as you, can, as you can see, as an answer to your question, none of these individual threads, albeit individual, they are not functioning in a silo. They are all mutually connected towards each other to create a better ecosystem, to create a revolution, or as, as, as the society calls it, you know, uh, digital, going towards digital, going towards industrial revolution 4.0, so and so forth. Thank you. So you, you kind of want as many um, combined or blended solutions as possible at your customer's disposal as you can to kind of optimize um, how refined their data can be, how quickly you can get it to them. Yes. So so I I, I think I think yes is a short answer. But is that the real objective? I don't think so. That's the objective. See, data, data can be present, data can be collected, data can be processed, 
The important thing is, what do you do with all of that? Is that creating intelligence? Is that creating actionable intelligence? And is that creating actionable intelligence in the time it is needed? So our focus is actually on the last three points. Connectivity, reduction in CapEx, better OPEX or predictable OPEX, all of that to us is, is, is the key ingredient. But at the end of the day, the data that is generated, is that creating better outcomes? We are mostly focused on that. Thank you. Um, what have been some of the challenges in collaborating with um, some of the Evoke partners or prospective Evoke partners? Uh, have you found it to be easy to be selective or has CompTech had to overcome not always seeing eye to eye an aspect of a particular solution or collaborative effort? I think I think it has been uh, so far. Uh, my experience has been really, really good. Um, I, I don't see to answer your question. You know, I don't see a challenge in terms of collaborating with our partners. The challenge usually comes in the technology implementation. So, for example, when we are trying to add two solutions that were disparately designed in two different organizations, there are going to be integration challenges, there are going to be engineering uh, headlocks, which in my opinion, while are challenges, but they are healthy. What we have discovered is they are healthy because it also has given us the perspective that, hey, maybe we didn't think like this when we were implementing an architecture or doing a software development or doing a testing and such and such variations. But from an organization to organization perspective, I think it has been exceptionally healthy. Um, my experience personally is, you know, uh, um, I wish I, we could have done it sooner than, than today. Does Compact have a minimum goal for the year in Evoke partnerships formed? No, no, no. We are not driven by a specific number if that's, if that's what you are asking. It is, it is the ability to formulate uh, a solution is what we are looking at. And, and like I told you before, the, the correct balance between build versus partner is, is what decides. Thank you. Um, Comtech last month, it announced it received multiple orders for CDM 780 high-speed software-defined modems from the DOD and several forward-thinking satellite operators. Um, when the article mentions forward-thinking, um, what does this mean? To what degree do you see SATCOM in general evolving, evolving in the next few years? Yeah, so, so SATCOM, and, and, and this, is, this is a trend we have been noticing for quite a while. Um, like I told you before, the advent of cloud computing uh, happened in the terrestrial segment earlier, I would say at least seven, seven to ten years earlier. And, and the whole satellite industry is now looking to embrace uh, the, the advantages of cloud computing. So I think that's one area where we will see a whole lot of, uh, you know, innovation happening, partnerships happening, new product, new new aspects happening. So that's number one. Number two, uh, from a market perspective, um, we are seeing that multi-orbits is, is one of the key things here. We will see a whole lot of players offering Geo and Leo. 
Mio and Leo, Mio and Geo, all sorts of combinations. So in other words, we will see aspects of multi-orbits and the ground being implemented, multi-modalities being implemented. The third is the whole ecosystem going towards 5G NTN, or in other words, non-terrestrial network support towards extending the 5G networks. And this is one big area. I mean, um, the standard body, 3GPP itself is working very hard, and, and we see that in release 17, a whole lot of uh, specifications has been laid out. So what does it mean for the whole satellite industry? Definitely, there is a ground infrastructure revolution. There is also a satellite revolution. So in other words, next generation payload. And here there are multiple discussions that we see happening today. Um, you know, obviously, uh, putting a 5G RAN up in the sky, putting a 5G RAN and a 5G core up in the sky, um, and, and then extending these uh, to the areas which were either unserved or underserved in the past. Last but not the least, the, the, the aspect of uh, direct-to-device, or how do we connect uh, you know, IoT devices. Again, if, if, you, if you add all of these, you will see that the advent of IoT is also, uh, in other way, uh, revolutionizing the way the satellite ecosystem has performed. So direct-to-device is also another thing which we are, we are going to experience in the, in the very near future. Thank you. And um, for my last question, kind of summing up everything that you said, what for you, what what motivates you the most? What is that one solution that you think is the most important to solve as the, the industry evolves? I think, I think on a very high level, um, I would say that it is basically enabling a disruption in our enterprise market. Yes, we, we directly play with uh, terrestrial and wireless operators, the space and satellite operators, but they are also providing solution at the end to a certain enterprise, whether that's a government enterprise or a commercial enterprise. And again, within a commercial, that could be, you know, agriculture, that could be maritime, that could be public safety. At the end of the day, how do we disrupt the way a business is conducted in that particular enterprise? is what the focus is. That's the excitement. And what does it take to create that disruption? Is it a new way of creating a network architecture? Is it a new way of providing connectivity? Is it a new way of uh, uh, bringing in devices or sensors into the ecosystem that can generate me uh, data for meaningful actions or a combination thereof? So that's, to me, that's one final focus that how do we create this disruption in the in the enterprise business. Thank you. And, and would you say that collaboration is a key factor, a key ingredient in addressing all of these questions? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and Evoke, uh, Evoke is a perfect example of that. Um, we, we, we brought in our esteemed partners into the ecosystem because we understand and appreciate the value of collaboration. And mind you, it is not just the startup community. Like I mentioned to you before, it is also the academia. There is a whole lot of research which our academia does today, and we want to be a part of that. We want to be able to contribute to that and also exploit that to a certain degree. 
and last but not the least let's not forget our customers i think there is there is a heavy focus from a comtech standpoint that we want to become our customers partners so while they are trying to uh, create new products from their own side we just don't want to be one ingredient we want to we want to create this solution or this new products that they are defining for their end customers jointly with them thank you so much well that's all the time we have for today Thanks again to Otterbon Chakraborty, Chief Growth Officer and Head of Evoke at Comtech Telecommunications for joining us. This has been the Dish Podcast by Connectivity Business News. Thank you, Madeline.